listen, I want to take you on a journey for a moment that is incredible. I want to just talk about one concept. Ready? Time frame. That's all I want you to think about. What are you expecting or what have you expected in your life that hasn't shown up yet? What are you waiting for? Marriage, money, job, career. I don't know what it is. What are you waiting for that hasn't come yet? This sermon is all about the need to embrace a new time frame. It's about how a person needs to learn to look at life and say, okay, it didn't come when I wanted it to come, but it's coming. In Jeremiah 29, where we are in verse 11, there's this conversation that Jeremiah is having with with the people of Israel, and these are people who are in exile. They're Babylonian captives. They've been captive because of their rebellion. And he starts the whole conversation explaining to them in chapter 29 that, hey, you guys are rebellious, and that's why you're in in this mess. And then he says, you're going to have to face reality and realize that it's going to take a good attitude to get out of this. Because God does have, he says in verse 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans for you, plans for good, plans to give you a future and a hope. It's that great verse we started with in our study. And it really speaks to God's desire. God wants to give you a bright future, but he can't if your attitude is bad. And so face reality is the first sermon we talked about. Having a good attitude is the second sermon. And then you got to follow the right leaders. Can't just follow anybody and everybody because everybody's not going in the right direction. And then finally, you got to adjust your time frame. You can't allow yourself to get so locked into, I should have this by the time I'm 30, or I should have this by the time I'm whatever age. You have to learn to say, okay, this may not come the way I want it to. I'm often <laughs> disappointed. I have worked hard to make deadlines. Just recently, I worked hard to get to a deadline and everything got in the way of the deadline. Everything. It was amazing. So I just adjusted my time frame. I said, okay, my timeline was here. Now I'm going to move it. So adjusting your timeline, your time frame, however you want to word it, but timeline is important. What is your timeline? What is the timeline you need to look at and say, this is going to come, but not on the timeline I had planned. And I'll be okay with that. I can adjust my attitude. If you can do that, amazing things can happen for you. So let me read a verse for you. It's in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Here's what he tells them. Now, I want you to listen. This timeline is hard to hear. Here's what he says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for, for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. 70 years from now, I'll set you free. Just, just think about that for a minute. Just, 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 just let that soak in. You, you, you know, God's talking to you. He says, okay, I care. You know, we're going to be okay, but it's going to be 70 years from now. Okay. You just, Lord, touch me, Jesus. Move in my mind and my heart. Free me right now. I did not hear 70 years. That's right. 70 years years. So if you're 50, when you hear this, you're going 50 and 50, it's 100, still got 20 to go. I'd be, I'd be 120 years old. I'd be dead. Yeah, That's what they're thinking. I mean, it's, it's a powerful message. Did you know, this is fascinating, there are only 15% of the population is between the age of 70 and 40, 74. Between so 15% of people, yeah, that's right, 
me tell you, it, it's amazing how life changes as you age. You start knowing people who died. That's one thing you start happening. You know, oh, so and so is dead. As a matter of fact, at some point, <laughs> the question is, is it, is, uh, is anybody alive yet? Mm -hmm. So that, that's now those of you who are like me who plan to live a long time, long longer than that for sure. Working on it, trying to exercise, eat right, do right, so I can keep on living. Some of you, you're on the way out because you're not doing right and you're not trying to do right. So I'll see you on the other side because you won't do right. Okay, so <laughs> that's cold, Pastor Rick. No, it's true. I'm see you on the other side because you don't, you won't do right. But I'm trying. I know you can do right and still go. I understand that. Okay, don't misunderstand me. Okay, I know that. But some of you are intentionally ignoring it. But here's what I want you to listen to. Because we're getting off here and get back on. <laughs> it's a long time. This timeline, this time frame is like, get out. What, 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 what is this? Well, James chapter four, verse 13, is a good place to close this series out because James says some things about time that's helpful. He kind of says, let me put time in perspective for you. Let me help you see time properly. So let me read it to you. James four, verse 13 through 17. Listen to this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go. Listen, you who keep saying today or tomorrow we will go here and there to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will give and do this or that. As it is your boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. In this conversation, he's trying to help them understand the importance of behavior and the importance of time. Now we're going to talk about the, the time part of this, the behavior. You can read it on your own, but but the focus of my folk, my conversation with you is, you don't have long, and time frames don't always work the way you want them, and you have to learn to adjust your timeline if you're going to be a happy person. Because if you don't, you'll be frustrated. So let me give you three things to think about. Three things to think about. Here's what I call this. Number one, I want you to think about three observations about time that might help you be better in your head. Number one. Our time plans can be wrong. Our timelines can be wrong. I, it, 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 you can you could just be wrong. Now listen, he says in verse 13, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year here, there, carry on this business and have this amount of money. He said that may not come true. Your time frame may be wrong. And mine's been wrong. My future plans have been naive. I thought that we could build certain things that turned out that wasn't, wasn't a good plan. It, it was too, too ambitious in some cases. It was sincere, meant well. Um, there's some business ideas I had that were great, but some were great and some were not. So you, you learn that you have to say, I can do that, but in five more years. I can start a business, but not this soon. I can build that, but not that way. It's, it's, it's learning to adjust your timelines and understanding that that's okay. Sometimes your time 
your time plans, your timelines can be wrong. And, and I've, I've been wrong. Some people need to wait to go to school. Some people need to go to school right away. And that's a real challenge in life, figuring out what you should do and when you should do it. Number two, okay, our time estimates can be wrong. Look what he said in verse 14. Why, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You, you can estimate, but your estimates can be wrong. Embracing the fact that I guessed wrong is a mature quality. I, I need to be able to say, I'm wrong. We don't always know what's coming. We don't always know what's going to happen. We don't always have a clear view. And that's okay. It's okay to not always know. And I think what you get in trouble is, 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 is number three, boasting about it. Our time <laughs> boasting can be wrong. Our timeline boasting can be wrong. We, we are not right about everything. Our timeline, when we say, okay, I'm going to have this when I'm 32. I'm going to have this when I'm 45. I'm going to be retired by the time I'm 50. You could be off. You can be way off. As a matter of fact, I'm going to probably say you are, you, you probably are off. You, you may get some things right, but you, you're going to get a few things wrong. Why? Because you don't know everything. And it's okay. It's okay not to be sure. It's okay. It's okay to walk by faith and not by sight. It's okay. That's not wrong. So I want to ask you a few questions because I think this is an important conversation for you and for me. It really is. What are some things, what is the longest you waited on God for something? What's the longest you waited on God for something? I know when we first started the church, I waited for several years for us to grow at the level I wanted us to grow. And, and now I'm waiting for God to do some other things. I mean, but, but what's the longest you've waited? Number two, ready? When you look back, was waiting in your best interest in some areas? Can you name an area where you waited and it was really in your best interest that you waited. It, 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 just think about that for a minute. I can think back and say, yeah, if we had built some of the stuff we were going to build, we would have put ourselves in a bad place in this environment. If we had done some of the dreams we had, some, just because it's on your things to do list doesn't mean it's God's will for you or that it's the best thing for you. It's good to have a things to do list. I'm a big believer in that. Every day, what should I be doing? I got a to do list. I'm working on something. But I think there's a challenge when, well, let me, let me just stop and say, I do have days when there's nothing on the to-do to -do list but what I want to do, which can be nothing. To do, I put to do on the list and say nothing. <laughs> I love those days. But there are moments in life when you put something on your to-do list, you have a schedule, you have a plan, and it's all wrong. Now, let me ask you just another question. What if God... What if, what if God gave you some of the things you wanted? What would have happened if God gave you what you first prayed for? First prayed for. I, I, I am so glad he didn't give me what I first prayed for. Some of you were dating somebody and you prayed for that to be your mate. Now you're happy. Woo, thrilled or not. Because <laughs> you saw the outcome. So sometimes your first prayer isn't the best prayer. Number four, can you name someone, watch this, I love this, can you name someone that received what you wanted before you did and did not manage it well? So can you think of somebody that prayed for what you asked for? You didn't get it in the timeline, time frame you wanted, but they got it 
and it didn't work out for them. I can think of people who wanted things and when they got it, they were, it was a disappointing moment for them. It was a sad moment. It was not what they expected. It was something that, that, that they had to adjust their thinking. They had to adjust their mind frame. They had to say, listen, this, 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 I thought this would be something that it's not. And I didn't see that until I saw it in their life. I saw them rush and get married and said, man, I'm glad I didn't rush and get married. I saw them run into business and mess up and I'm glad I didn't run into the business. Can you name somebody that had a dream like yours and they got it, but it didn't work out for them? Number five, what would God make them? Um, why would God make them wait 70 years before he delivered them from Babylon? That's the question. Why did God come with this 70 year time frame? Because it was the best thing for them. It was the best thing for them. And sometimes, believe it or not, waiting is the best thing for you. Because you're not, you're not in that place that you need to be to enjoy what you're praying for. Sometimes you're not husband ready, wife ready, financially ready to be in business, emotionally ready to be in business. You're not ready yet. You need more time on the clock. You need more money. You don't have enough money. You, you, you're starting a business with no money, no capital. And for most businesses, that's one of their biggest challenges, experiencing capital, capital at the top of the list. They don't know what, how to do this. They don't know how to organize staff. They don't know how to manage things. And so they're praying for something. But what they need to do is adjust their time frame and not be too proud. So he tells them going into this deal, if you go all the way back to where we started, he says, it's going to be 70 years. There's going to be 70 years, Jeremiah 29 and 10. It's going to be 70 years. This is going to be a long time. You guys aren't going to get this. This is Some of you are going to die and, it's, and your kids are going to get it. You're doing it not for you, but for them. You're laying a foundation for somebody else. Can you embrace that? One of the problems as a pastor is I, I for a season, thought I was supposed to do everything. No, I, I'm part of a, of a, of a chain. I, I need to pass the baton. There's stuff I do. There are people follow me that will do other things. And I need to embrace that and not run from that. So what needs to be adjusted in your life? One big area is going to probably be in your finances, which is why I'm going to take this turn next week. I call this a sea change when you change directions. And um, we are going to make a change and talk about something that we all need to face. Now, the theme for the year, the whole question for the year is what truth do you need to face? that you keep running from? What is the truth that you need to look at? Truth about you, truth about how you got to where you are. That was what we talked about this month. That was, so now the third thing we're gonna do in our study this year is we're gonna talk about the truth about your money. So we talked about the truth about you. That's our first series. Remember, we talked about the whole thing about putting on the whole armor of God, having your mind right, being transparent, all that good stuff. Then we went to the next series and we talked about the truth about how you got to where you are. And we talked about in Jeremiah, they got to where they were because of rebellion. And God says, I got a plan for them, a good plan, got a plan to give them a future and a hope, but they've got to make sure they, they align themselves with a new attitude towards leadership, a new attitude towards timelines, time frames. It's not going to be when you want it to be. It's not going to be in a year or two years. This is a five-year process or a two-year or a 10-year process or a 20-year process. It's not something you get right away. Adjust your timeline. And now we're going to turn and talk about facing the truth about your money, facing the truth about you, 
facing the truth about how you got to where you are, and now facing the truth about your money. Now, I want to say this to you. <laughs> money, whenever you talk about it, boy, it really gets to be interesting. People wonder, well, you got, you got, you got, is this going to be one of them hit you up series, Pastor Rick, starting next week? You're going to hit us up for money? No. Here's, here's something I believe about people when it comes to money. If they have money, they don't act like that. They don't ask you those kind of questions because they just, you know, people who have money understand the power of giving because you can't ever really amass wealth if, unless you share it. You have to share it with your staff. You have to share it with the people around you. You have to share it with the community. You have to build buildings. You have to hire staff. You can't, you can't prosper, really prosper without sharing. And anybody that doesn't give is not going to ever prosper. They're not going to have much. They're going to be okay, but that's about all they're going to be is kind of okay. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about what I'm saying. I want you to think about how important it is for you to be the kind of person who's a giver. But the goal of the series is I have four topics I'm going to talk about starting next week. And each of them is about embracing the truth about your money. Number one, I want you to embrace the truth about making money. I want to talk about that, and I don't want you to miss it next week. Making money is okay. You need to pause. I, I, I don't know why we have this thing against money. It's like this dirty. No, the love of money and the lack of love for God is where the root of all evil is. Not loving to, the process of making money. Making money is a good thing. Churches need people in their congregations to have resources. That's why it's hard to get money because people are always tight. If, you, if they had resources, it wouldn't be a problem. Number two, we're going to talk about embracing the truth about managing money. It's not just making money, it's managing money. I've learned a lot about managing money. I've learned a lot that I've done right and wrong. I'll share some of that. And I'll talk about how easy it is for you to make money. But there's a verse, Proverbs 22 and 5. It says this, cast uh, but a glance at riches, cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. They, money will get away from you if you don't know how to manage it well. Getting large amounts of money, making salary, good salaries, all that's great. I've done that. I've done well. But I'm telling you, it's not about the money you make. It's the money you keep, the money you manage. It's learning how to manage money. We'll talk about that. Number three, we'll talk about embracing the truth about, about making money, about managing money, about respecting money. I always say Mr. Money's got to be respected. Money has to go where money goes. You have to learn how to respect money. This is my light bill. This is my savings. This is my phone bill. This is I have to respect it. I can't disregard it. I have to sit down with it. Talk it through each each time I'm paid or, or in advance. I'm a big believer in advance planning and laying out the strategy and re and re and resetting yourself. Sometimes there are periods where you have to reset and being being aware of the need to reset. In other words, pay off this debt, get rid of all this stuff, don't buy any more stuff. There's a moment to reset. Reset people in your life who keep asking you for money, coming to you asking you for money. And if you're not careful, if you can't do this. The timeline is longer. So you're praying for God to get you to a place of freedom, but he can't because you, wanna, you won't do what you need to do. Then the last thing we'll talk about in this study is uh, questions you have about money. I'll, I'll deal with a number of questions people ask me about money and things that I believe you need to hear me say about money. And I'm really, really excited about that series. And I want you to know 
if you can get this right, a lot of times your timeline will be shorter. It won't be as long. And so if you're frustrated right now in your life and you're saying to yourself, man, I've been waiting a long time. This is the season for you to adjust that. But it starts with you, like the theme is for the year, facing the truth. The truth about you, the truth about how you got to where you are, and the truth about your resources, and especially your finances, your money. Taking a hard look at it and saying, okay, let me take a look at this, and let me, let me begin a whole new way of thinking about it. Now, it's, it's my conviction that in church, we just do one thing with money ask for it. We don't encourage entrepreneurship. We don't encourage people to make money and save it. We don't encourage people to build their net worth. We encourage people just to give to us as if the whole reason God made you was to be a sower. And we talk about that. I'm a channel through which the Lord flows. And, and, and that's fine. But here's what you're going to find out when you flow. When you run out of money, you're going to find out that everybody else is going to flow away from you. It's not going to flow back until you get some more. That's why they call you on the 15th and the 30th when you get paid. They all flow into your life. Then they flow out until you are broke and then they flow back in. You need to not just be a channel. You need to learn how to be a deposit, a place that God can go to, a reserve center. So when someone needs something or when there is a need, you are there and you're able to participate because you have resources and no one has to beg you and you don't have to get offended because you, you're so supplied, you don't have to worry about it. That's what you want to do. That's the way you want to live your life. Admit your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. I've made mistakes. That's part of growing. This idea that I'm perfect. And I think some of you, you're just so hard on yourself. I didn't do right. I feel bad, Pastor Rick. Stop all that. Don't feel bad. Do something good. Don't. I have this little thing. If I look in the mirror and I see something I don't like, I say, I see not only what I am, but what I'm becoming as I work out. I'm a, I'm a, I, see, I see Ricky coming along. I, I see a little a bit of tightness right about there. I see a little muscle coming up. I, I, I focus on what's going right, not what's going wrong. Because I, 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 I tend to over-criticize myself. Is the sermon right? Am I energetic enough? Am I, am I, am I? Stop all that. Listen, you've got to focus your life and you've got to get to a place, another place. I'm so excited about this coming series. I'm excited about this whole year. Facing the truth. What truth are you running from? The Bible says it's time for us to know the truth and allow the truth, John 8, 32, to free us. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who watch this sermon today. I pray it's lifted their hearts and their minds. I pray it's given them a new way of looking at themselves. I pray they would say, you know, I, I see the truth about me. I need to look at my own life. And I see the truth about how I got to where I am. I see I put myself there. And now, Lord, I'm going to take a hard look at my resources. And I'm also going to commit to moving down the road and getting finished. Lord God, I believe it's important for us to finish, to get to a place where our lives, lives have a connection and a meaning. And so I thank you and I give you all glory and honor for the chance to touch your people. Now, lastly, I want to pray for those who don't know you, Savior. Let this be the moment where they would open their hearts to say, I need God in my life. Let this be a moment where they would say, I need a change in my life. I pray for them. I pray this will be that great breakthrough moment in Jesus' name. Amen.